Okay, welcome back. Episode two of the NLPT podcast. My name is Eric Hageman, and I have with me the godfather of NLPT himself, the original, the OG, the number one. <laughs> the Van Bergini. Van Bergini. Andrew, introduce yourself. Who are you? Hi there, people. Uh, I am Andrew Hoff. I, uh, is, it, is it Hoff or Hoff? Hoff. 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 It's a silent hop. P. Silent, yes. It's a silent P. Uh, yeah, most of you guys know me, and I think this is a wicked thing that Eric got going, and um, beyond the, the messaging to all you guys, I think this is going to be a great resource for really anybody who is, is chasing some sort of higher level um of higher level uh, state of performance. Uh, I think that, you know, this is all a mindset and I'm really excited that we can communicate this. And it's also great for us as coaches to sit down and kind of hash out what we're thinking through the week and what we've seen. And um, this is going to be great. Thanks, dude. <laughs> I agree. Okay. So uh, standard radio answer. <laughs> oh boy. On to the next question. This is already going off the rails. Yeah. Just make sure you're going oh, right. into the mic. Too far away. Not, just so you know, we're not very good at this. So if uh, the sound quality is bad or something happens, just uh, it's free. So no complaining. Yeah, make sure. <laughs> and if you are going to like give us feedback, make sure you go on like Instagram or Twitter and make sure you chirp us publicly. Like that's a big part of this. Like definitely make fun of us with this. Yeah, we're, we're definitely gluttons for punishment in that regard. <laughs> okay, so in keeping up with uh, last week's theme that I wanted to – touch on every Friday was just a review of our HP high performance hockey program um, talking about some of the things that I noticed going on this week with some of the athletes um, and just relaying that back onto onto you guys and onto anybody else and and again if you're in our NLPT fit program or if you're an athlete who is you know not doing our HP program I still think there are some insights to be taken away from this because this conversation is going to center around principles and not necessarily tactics. And I think if you understand the principles behind training, you can really apply them anywhere. So uh, what I want to talk about this week, uh, I had a, the chance to sit down one-on-one with uh, most of the kids in our HP program this week. I still haven't gotten around to seeing everybody yet, but uh, I had a chance to talk about everybody's goals, uh, what would make a successful summer for them, we talked a little bit about nutrition, and um, we we kind of reviewed how the first week went. And here are some two main things I want to touch on uh, this week. So the first thing is, and this happens very very often with any athlete that's starting a new program, who might be new to the gym or new to our system, is they get very focused on the X's and O's of the program itself. They get very concerned with doing the program, um, which I appreciate. I mean, after all, that's that's why it's there. But they get very locked into that piece of paper in front of them. Um, sets, reps, rest time, uh, learning all the warm-ups, and just doing all of the things. And that's fine in the beginning. Like I said, week one should really be about familiarizing yourself with the program and understanding how it works and how to do things correctly. Uh, but after that, uh, there, there, there shouldn't be this this hyper focus on just mimicking and going through all of the motions of the program, um, 
because that's not the the actual goal. The goal is not to do a training program. The goal is to train. The goal is to develop and get better. So at a certain point, we need to know when we're going to veer off that program, when we're going to push a little harder. And, uh, and, and I think that all comes down to just understanding the point of, of what we're trying to do and being connected with the outcomes rather than just doing the exercise and doing the program. So as an example, um, kid walks up to do dumbbell bench press, three sets of eight with a 60 second rest. And then we're going to go into some kind of lunging exercise after that. He grabs a weight, let's call it, you know, 30, 30 pound dumbbells, does his eight reps, rest for 60 seconds, goes into the lunge, does that, rest for 60 seconds, picks up the same weight, does eight reps, back and forth, three sets, we're done, let's move on. And this was actually a real example that we that we did this week, and I went back and I talked about it with a couple athletes, and I said, all right, so what weight did you pick up for this, you know, for this particular section of the of the program? And, you know, they would give me an answer, and I'm like, okay, and you used that same weight for all three sets? Yeah, okay, and you did eight reps for all three sets? And like, yeah, okay, that makes a great job, you, you nailed the program, do you think you could have done nine reps on any one of the sets? It's like, yeah. You think he could have done 10 or 11 or maybe even 12? Eh, maybe. No. So why didn't you? Well, the program says eight. And that to me, that's that sign where we're getting locked into the numbers of the program as opposed to getting locked into training and into pushing and into development and into squeezing all the juice out of the program that we possibly can. Um, so that's not to say that we always need to be training maximally to the edge and redlining it every right. single time. But we need to look at the program more as a guideline and more as a suggestion than an actual hard and fast rule or a law that can't be broken. Yep. And I think I think this is a common thing that you're going to see really that, that separates those who kind of make improvements and those who really accelerate to the next level. And, you know, we see it not only here with our younger athletes, but, you know, I'm seeing it at the collegiate level at the University of Waterloo and we see it in the OHL too that you know they get fixated on that and those who really really kind of take it to the next level they, they have that balance between you know making sure things are done impeccably well but but pushing it to a point where you know obviously they're not going to be at risk of injury or you know harm or anything like that but they're, they're pushing it a little bit they're going to go that extra one or two reps to kind of learn you know how far can they go yeah it takes time to learn how to develop that sense for yep. when to push, when to hold back. Um, and in the beginning, it's understandable that when you don't know what to do, that you rely on numbers and on the things you have in front of you. So I, I understand why a 13-year-old kid would come in and just do his eight reps because yeah. that's the program. That's yep. what I'm here for. Yeah, you yeah, know, for sure, why yeah. would I deviate from that? Um, and again, that's understandable. It's not It's not they're doing something wrong. It's yeah. just part of the <clears throat> It's just part of the, the, the natural training process. But, you know, this topic has to eventually come up. Um, and like I said, it's it's not always about going going all out every single time. Like like I told one of the one of the kids I was talking to this week, you know, just because you should do, uh, you know, 
on that last example, you know, pushing to 12 reps or 13 reps or getting as many as you possibly can out of, you know, a dumbbell bench press, if we're doing a deadlift or if we're doing a hang clean and something a lot more technical, something a lot more um, central nervous system dominant, I wouldn't suggest going all out repetition wise on that because uh, there's a motor skill component there. There's a safety component there that, that, uh, you know, it's not appropriate in that situation to push all out as much as possible and, and, you know, max capacity every single time there. I actually do recommend holding back a little bit and paying more attention to form technique, skill execution, that sort of thing. A lot of the athletes also this week got exposed for the first time of doing low heart rate, low heart rate training. So we're doing conditioning work and we're suggesting they keep their heart rate in the 145, 155 range, which feels like nothing especially to a 15 or 16 year old kid who has a resting you know heart rate of 75 and a max heart rate of 205 that doesn't feel like much and especially when someone's used to you know especially from the hockey world um you know pushing it and getting gas and doing quote unquote baggers all the time it feels easy but again we're not going to talk about it here but there's a specific reason why we do low heart rate training here so it's it's all about learning when and where to push when to hold back um but it's it's really important like i said going back to week one that we're connected to the outcomes and that we understand that we're here to train and develop and sometimes that does mean taking the program and tweaking a little bit right one of the and this came up two or three times with with my meetings and this is just from this is like old coach you know, wisdom here, stuff that I've learned over the past seven years. And I know you've observed the same thing. There is a hallmark difference between kids, athletes, anybody that succeeds in the gym that develops faster than other people. Uh, And that is the kids that get better. The athletes that develop, we have to constantly hold them back. Yeah. Yeah. We have to put the reins on them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, they're they're lifting too heavy they're doing too much they're not resting enough they're training too often and we have to say all right lighter all right nice job but that's okay you know rest a little longer you're still jacked up it's it's this constant conversation of pulling them back because they have this natural tendency to just push and do more it's it's just in them and it's the ones that we have to say all right come on let's move up all right let's let's go all right you're you're rested let's do one more set come on you know, if we're hand clapping and, and butt slapping the whole time, like that's a signal that, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a conversation of, you know, discovering your why. Like, why do you really want this? And then right. really getting after it. Like, if, if we have to, if we're the ones that have to suggest that if you have, you have a busy week coming up and, hey, you know what, you might have to come in a little later or come in in the morning. And, you know, those are things that the elite athletes out there, they're going to look ahead and they're going to understand that they need to get their work in and they're going to schedule their time around too. Yeah. And that's a big thing is be accountable. Um, you know, work hard and we should be the ones having to pull the reins and we're, we'll push you when you need to be pushed. But you know, that, that initial push and kind of going needs to come from within. Yeah, absolutely. I, I got a text earlier this week from an athlete who said, I got a crazy week after school. I can't make it in at all. Is there any way I can come in in the morning? 
Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, I'll be there. And, and as a coach, and like, met, man, like that. Like, we want to hear that More stuff. times than yeah. not, we don't hear that. Yeah. We really don't. We don't hear athletes. And again, for you guys who are listening to this, um, you know, a lot of you are 14, 15 years old. And we, we fully understand that, you know, you're kind of dependent upon mom and dad mm-hmm. to get you places. But if you go to mom and dad and say, hey, I have a really busy week. Is there any way that, you know, you can drive me to the gym at 645 in the morning? Yeah. You will blow their mind. Yeah. You really will blow their mind that yeah. you're doing that. Like, in to us as coaches, more times than not, you know, athletes are depending upon mom and dad to schedule things for them. Part of this high-performance mindset is taking ownership in your performance, in your training process. And, you know, mom and dad, we they're going to be there to support you 100%. Absolutely. As, all, as our parents were for us. But you guys need to... You know, take a look at it. This is your life, your body, your opportunity. So as the great Eminem once said, (laughs) one shot, one opportunity. He said a lot of good stuff. Mom's pajamas. Mom's spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. It's my favorite Eminem line. (laughs) I can't help but sing it. Moms are sweaty. Mom's spaghetti. No, there's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. He's nervous. I could keep going, but I won't. We're not in Detroit. We're in the hood of Cambridge. (laughs) In the hood. All right. Um, accountability. That's what we're talking about. And hard work. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, being Santa Claus and all that fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just want to pass on, too, that that athlete that texted me and asked to come in at 7 o'clock in the morning, she also happens to be on a full scholarship and plays for Team Canada. So there you go. Is he? Oh, Shelby. Ah, oh, Shelves. How's yeah. it going, Shelby? Uh, we can give shout outs on here. Yeah. Um, hey, and, and there it is again. The pro mindset. Just a yeah. freaking pro mindset. Develop it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's no big deal. That's the other thing too when, when it comes to that type of stuff. I've noticed that, uh, you know, the kids that don't make a big deal about that, it's like... They're not looking for a pat on the back. Yeah. Well, it's just they just know they have a job to do. They know they have to get certain things done and they yeah. do it. Yeah. And it's there's nothing special about it. So anyway, okay. I think we know that part. Um Okay. Second thing I wanted to touch on, and I'll I'll try to make this a little quicker, is uh, each athlete has. Oh, what's no, up? You're good. No, no, you're good. He's you're making good. a funny face. No, I wasn't no. sure what was going on. Um, so each athlete has a program. Obviously, uh, they have a sheet with their name on it. I would like to see more detail on those sheets. Um, there's not enough. So when it says three sets of eight with a 60 second rest, and you just write 40. 40 what? Like 40 pounds? Like 40 out of 50 effort? Like I want to know what you mean by 40. Uh, if there's multiple sets on there, did you do 40 each set? Was that your best set? Like what? What was your experience with that exercise or with that section of the program? Uh, Think about math class. Like grade 10 math class. Show your work. Show your work. Show your work. Oh, show your work. Yeah. Like, show how you got to that point. <laughs> like, figure Didn't out. think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. I like that. Uh, but just write more uh, because I'm going to take those sheets and we're going to tweak them for next week and, and we're going to set your weights and it's more helpful the more detail we have. Uh, there's also a section on the bottom of each program for comments, comments on the day. Write something down. If you felt like crap, say you felt like crap and and that way I can see that and we can maybe have a chat about why you felt like crap or if you felt great same thing um, but just write more detail 
I also think that process of just forcing yourself to think and write and record and organize your your experience and reflect on your training session will lead to better outcomes. You'll just have a you'll you'll have a better, stronger emotional connection. You'll have a better memory of that training session for the day, so that when you encounter that next week, um, you're going to be more in tune, more in touch. All right, so if you know that your first set wasn't great, but you really peaked on that second set and your third was a real, real struggle to get through, you're going to have a better memory of that. So even next week, if you did the same exact weights for the same exact volume, but you just felt better on that third set, that's an improvement. And that's an area to, to scratch for just a little bit better. And so there's more opportunities to, to grow and to expand than just always moving up in weight or doing more volume. Sometimes it just feels a little easier. And it's nice to know that that effort, uh, that perceived effort has gone down. Um, and that can be a great motivator and a great indicator of, uh, of development. And conversely, like, you know, even from our own personal experience, there's going to be times where, you know, you do feel beaten down and tired and, you know, make sure that that's documented too. And, you know, mm-hmm. why, why is that the case? Are you not sleeping well? Did you have a dog crap nutrition weekend, which, you know, as, as a, you know, those who are thinking on a high level, that should not be the case. But, you know, for example, today I've, I've had a really, really hard training week. And this morning I came in, I got to bed late last night, didn't have a great sleep, um, you know, I, I didn't have my mojo this mm-hmm. morning. So it was like, well, guess what? I'm going to turn it into a technique session yeah. and just really work on high quality movements and, and nailing good positions. So, and that's not a negative. That's not to say that you're, you're regressing or anything like that. That's part of the natural wave of training and adapting and, you know, recovering and seeing some, you know, super compensation. And you just the more you can document and the more you can understand how your body moves how your body reacts i think that we can make better decisions in the gym outside of the gym yep. in a way that's going to allow us to get on a more accelerated growth curve yeah and because you do have a, a more intimate understanding with your body yeah yeah 100 i actually had a very similar experience a couple of weeks ago i was out for a run i usually train with a heart rate monitor and i noticed that on this particular morning i was 10 beats higher uh, than I normally am at that given pace. And I was really confused because it, it actually, it still felt easy. It didn't feel any different, but my heart rate was just sky high. I actually thought it was broken a couple of times, except like, yeah. you know, hitting my watch to see if it would, um, you know, correct back down. And, but it forced me to think about what might be going on here, what affects heart rate. Um, and I started looking back, you know, at my nutrition the day before and I, you know, thought about my hydration intake the day before and realized that I had barely consumed any water at all. No. It just happened to be a really busy, a really busy work day. And uh, I started to connect that dot between, okay, I didn't really prepare myself the day before. My body wasn't recovered well. It wasn't rested. It wasn't hydrated. And, and that's going to show up with a, with a higher heart rate. Right. And the thing is, I already knew that. I already knew that as a fact. I could have said that to somebody else, yeah. but until you experience that and until you actually go through that, that's where the real lesson crystallizes for you, for yourself. Yeah. It's the difference between knowledge and wisdom and right? the ability to apply that knowledge. That's when it really came full circle. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this yeah. isn't just a blurb in a textbook. This is a, 
this is a real thing. I experienced that now and I'm not going to make that mistake again, but I never would have learned that if number one, I wouldn't have had a heart rate monitor, but number two, I just wasn't paying attention and, and, you know, looking for those areas of, of improvement. And in this case, when I saw an area of non-improvement, deprovement, regression regression yeah regression whatever yeah yeah you you get what i'm saying degradation um yeah i I wouldn't have discovered that so yeah like what what's that old quote like what doesn't get measured doesn't get managed managed and what doesn't get managed doesn't get improved like it's like that that whole thing and this is this is something you know you know we're 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 i think I like to think we're good coaches, and I think that is what makes us good coaches. We're still we're still students, like we're we're always yeah, learning 100%. along the way, and it's not always you know an immediate event that you know causes you know this detriment to performance, you know. And this is speaking to probably a lot of the adults out there. It, it can be a cumulative effect that adds up over time. Like you know, it's it's that half hour less sleep. It's that you know we're we're only getting one and a half liters of water a day. It's that third coffee in the afternoon that you know starts to deplete our adrenal system is mm-hmm. all these things that just add up over time that you know may not make a difference right now but over time they will and you know the, the ops can be said for chipping away at small improvements at a specific thing you know it yeah. can have a you know an immense return on that small investment yeah. over time you know which brings us to rsps and tfsas no different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anywho, I, I, different I would, talk. I would rather not talk about that particular yeah. subject. Right <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Uh, that wraps up, I think, uh, week two of the HP program. Andrew, was there anything else you want? You know what grinds my gears? <laughs> <laughs> Peter Griffin. We're going to do a uh, yeah, weekly segment. No, this is, yeah. What, what pisses what, us off What grinds week? Hoffer's gears? Um, what grinds Hoffer's gears? <laughs> No, this is just, and again, this is parlaying to what we talked about that that pro mindset, and just just an observation that I've I've made, you know, this not just at the collegiate level, but I've seen it at the OHL level, and it's just that mindset of of doing whatever it takes to become better um, instead of doing whatever it takes to get by, um, you know, and this is the what I observe is, you know, athletes at times, those who have a mindset of uh, being injured or being a, a patient will go to treatment if they are hurt. So, for example, someone tweaks a knee or tweaks an ankle, um, you know, they'll go get treatment and think that's, you know, that uh, is in place of training and in place of development. What I would rather see is athletes you know, go get their treatment and then maybe go watch film or work on a skill set. If you, you know, if you do have a bummed out knee or a bummed out ankle, it's part of sport. You still have two good hands and you have one good leg. There is a lot that can be done. And your job as an athlete is to make sure you're always progressing. This sport, this game, you know, whether it's hockey or basketball or volleyball or squash or rugby or soccer, you know, there, there's a massive skill component to this. And, and your job as an athlete is to help your club in whatever way possible. And in some cases, you know, that's making sure that while you're injured, you're still upgrading your body in a way that when you get back, you're going to help your teammates. So, I'm just not okay with going and chilling in the therapy room and getting uh, ultrasound done, and then that's your day. 
Like there is a mm-hmm. lot that can be done. You can be working on energy system work. You can be working on skill. Um, it's just adopting, like Eric said last week in episode one, that high performance mindset and becoming fully immersed in becoming the best version of yourself that you can. And if you're just chilling on the therapy table and hey, there's nothing to be said. If you had a hard training week and you know, you're getting in and you're getting massaged, trying to get that nervous system in check and trying to prepare for Monday, I'm not talking about that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about that you've only had two training sessions that week and now you're on the training table and you know, you're saying that's your workout for the day. That's just not okay with me. Um, that's what grinds my gears. <laughs> so let's maybe think or talk a little bit more about that. Why would somebody adopt that mindset? Why would, I mean, yeah. no one, no one goes to, you know, goes to university of Waterloo and plays on the varsity teams to not be a good athlete or to not, right. um, try to succeed with their, with their team and their sport. Everyone's there, you know, everyone wants to get quote unquote better why would somebody, you know, just do ultrasound for an hour and call it a day? Well, I think that I don't – in some cases, um, they maybe have not been taught otherwise or maybe not thinking that, you know, that there's there's another way of thinking yeah. about that. I'm not, I'm not even blaming the athletes. Right. And this isn't – I just – this is probably universal across every – Junior team, collegiate program, any strength coach that's out there has probably identified this. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not saying that it's a matter of <clears throat> coming and barking down an athlete's throat because they're doing this. But I, I do think it's a, having a conversation and helping them understand, you know, that, okay, well, maybe there is something we can do. You know, do, do you think it's okay that we just sit here? Is there something we can do to make yourself better beyond just getting ultrasound. So just opening up dialogue, not, yeah. not, not barking at someone and commanding orders, but having, having a relationship in a way that they start to understand what it really means to yeah. be in that state of mind. So I, I'm sure just like anything else, it's a complicated answer to that, to this question. I happen to believe that there are some people that, like you said, they just don't know. It's an education thing. Maybe they think that, ultrasound for an hour is good in their yeah. particular situation that they are doing what they need to do. Yeah. And this and probably then, and highlights how much we work with ultrasound because <laughs> usually uh, I know ultrasound isn't done for that long, but yeah, 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 yeah. Therapy. But, yeah. Know. Quote unquote. Um, but um, yeah, they, they might think they shouldn't right. do anything else or they shouldn't right. train. There are, I believe some um, instances where that is appropriate, where, you probably should stay away from the gym. Yeah. Like if you've got a serious injury, oh, if, yeah. if your body is for contraindicated to act, like activity yeah, in general. If it's a recent injury and you need to like calm down the inflammation process, you right. can't train hard in that particular yep. situation. But I think what we're talking about here is super minor right. injuries, manageable tweaks, very manageable joints, distal stuff. We're not talking concussions. We're not talking internal bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. That, that type of stuff needs true rest, you know, in my opinion. But, uh, again, so coming back to, they might just not know and they might not know that training can actually accelerate the rehab process or that if you have a 
you know, a tweak in one knee or hamstring that what you should be doing is training your other leg as hard right. as you possibly can. And that is extremely beneficial for rehabbing that, right. that injured leg. Um, some people just don't know that. Right. Here's an, here's a great example. We have, we have one athlete at the university right now that she's going in for reconstructive ACL surgery after a third degree um, ACL tear and you know she's doing whatever she can to get her hamstrings and glutes mm-hmm. and entire posterior chain stronger because she knows like once she goes under the knife like she's off for mm-hmm. at least two weeks where she cannot do anything physically like she just has to rest yeah and then she's getting in for aggressive therapy so you know her mindset is oh, let's let's get to another level of strength so that you know when I do have to you know I'm forced to regress you know, I won't regress that much. Yeah. Whereas some, some athletes will just kind of say, well, I'm getting surgery. So what's the point? Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Anyways, this also, I think comes back a little bit to what we were talking about before where, um, you know, there's some athletes that we need to push and others that we need to hold back. Right. And I've certainly experienced this, um, not too often, but where athletes seem to almost enjoy being injured. They, they like having an injured mindset. Right. I, I don't know what it is. If it's just an attention thing or they get to, or they don't have to do the work, you yeah. know, the quote unquote work that is required. They kind of get a free pass to be on the team, but not have to dig in and right. kind of suffer and do the uncomfortable stuff that everybody else has to do. I'm not sure what that's about, but in my experience, successful high high level um, athletes with their heads that are in the right spot. That's not them, and yeah. and they're kind of the minority. I'm sure even at that yeah, level, they are. Yeah, at most, the high level, you're not going to most that. high level athletes want to be out there. They want to be doing something. They want to be doing more. Right. Um, so, again, education is a big thing because they might be concerned that you know doing more, getting in the gym, being there just might not be good for them. And right. and that's where coaches can step in and guide them and how to either train around their injury or train in a way that's going to benefit the rehab process right. yep. in some other Absolutely. way. So, Cool. That's all I have to say about that. Boom. <laughs> Mic drop. Eh. Okay. Anything else? Um, no, that was kind of on my, that was everything on my list. Wicked. Yeah. yeah. And again, I think the idea here too with these things is to <clears throat> recap our observations, but you know, if, if you guys as athletes or as, you know, strength coaches out there, you know, have something that you want us to chat about and you, you see in the gym and experiences you're having, let us know. We'll, we'll definitely try to incorporate that. You know, there's a lot of nuggets I'm sure we talked about today that weren't really on our agenda, but um, we'll try to incorporate that some way, somehow into our into our talk. Yeah, if you want, you can just, uh, oh, that's the iPad. One second. Yeah, if you want, you can just hit us up on uh, <clears throat> Twitter, Instagram. I think our handles are just NLPT1 on each one of those. Um, also visit the website, mynlpt.com, and then you can find our email address there. Yep. So, okay, I think that does it for this week. Uh, Stay fit and have fun. <laughs> is that what we're going to end each one with? <laughs> no. Stay fit and have fun. No. Get after it. All right, see you next week. Later.